well, it's been a long time. Welcome to Walking Without Rhythm. I'm Jeremy. I'm Noah. And with us is our new host, Marcel. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. So we're going to throw Marcel under the bus here before we get into Chapter House and get his opinions on the previous five Frank Herbert books. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, yeah, I can, I can get into it a bit. I I think um, I'll just start with saying that my favorite of the series was God Emperor of Dune. I thought that that was the best uh, written book and it's actually one of my favorite books of all time, but it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense without reading Dune, which I think is probably my second favorite by like a hair's breadth. I think it's Mm -hmm. a magnificent book. Uh, I, I liked Dune Messiah too. I think children of Dune's a bit messy but uh, oh. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's important. I think the worst for me were probably the last two, right? Uh, yeah. Her- Heretics and, and chapter house. I would, so I would probably rank them um, four, one. Um, children would probably come next because it's just essential reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, Messiah would be fourth and then I would do six, five. So chapter house would be my second least favorite. And then my least favorite would be heretics. But I tend to view the last two as as like a almost like a duology. Like you can't read they they go together. You can't read one without the other because you have overlapping characters like Odrade and and Miles Tag, uh, mm-hmm. and and the plot points just really care, are, are tightest between the two. Almost uh, even more so than Dune and Dune Messiah because mm-hmm. it, it it's like uh, Chapter House is like part two of the story, whereas Dune Messiah yes. takes place like Dune is a self contained book, right? Dune Messiah takes mm-hmm. place years later. But I think for for books five and six, you really have to read them together, at least within the same like three or four months span. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my thoughts overall. I, I thought, you know, I, I really enjoyed Frank Herbert's work. I thought over time it maybe got worse. And maybe that's as a result of the fact that he no longer had his wife around yes. to, yeah, to, to help him out. Yeah. So I was warned going into Chapter House. The chapter house was not the best thing in the world. Yeah. It's slightly better than heretics in my opinion, but chapter house took me, how long did it take me to read Noah? Approximately like two or three months. Yes. I I did not like this at all until the end. It was the same thing with heretics. I didn't like it till the end. Yeah. Uh, um, Chapter House, the Benny Jesuit are going up against the honored Matre. Yeah. And that's pretty much the book. That's that's the main thing, which it's probably the most simplified of all these plots. With that being said, we got intrigue again. We got Sightail doing Sightail things. That yeah is building to something that just doesn't happen in this book, um, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, We got Odrade really doing a terrible job at being in charge of the Bene Gesserit. I'm just going to throw that out there. I know that's probably going to be a controversial opinion, but she's just not good at it. And like, Every all the other, uh, all the other Reverend Mothers are just kind of like not into it. And that's just what that felt like the entire book. 
and the the honored matre are just killing people left and right we got something that's actually more terrifying than a chair dog which is the futar which is the creation of the furry <laughs> the futar the fucking futars and i just swore <laughs> It goes explicit. I don't like the futars. They make me very uncomfortable. I don't like them. But, and I think they're just... They don't do anything in this. I don't know why they're there. We don't see a futar fight. Gosh, I, I just wish that we had uh, Kevin J. Anderson in here to have uh, a futar fight. What? Huh. Uh, I bet you that happens in the the sequel books as we get some futar fighting. This is like his uh, Dune equivalent of blob racing. Yes, futar fighting. Futar fighting. Um, the was it Lucilla gets uh, is in this for a very short period of time. The yeah. she was the one that tried to seduce teenage Duncan, which we actually have a war scene. With uh, Gola Miles Teg, which isn't really a Gola, he's more of a clone. Mm-hmm. So we have elderly Teg in a ten-year-old's body, right? Which is so weird, and like it gave me Children of Dune vibes, but in a bad way. Because Leto and Ganema are what nine, nine or ten in that, yeah physically but they're like ancient abominations and then we got duncan idaho doing duncan idaho things which is probably the most interesting part of this book is duncan's character growth that's probably my favorite part that's always my favorite part after uh starting with children of the dune is what what duncan's doing if you had told me at the beginning that Duncan was going to be a character in every single book. I would have said, you're kidding me. It just, I never saw it coming. And yet he is a character in every single book and goes through like multiple character growths over time. You know, in God Emperor, he relearns who he is every single time he gets brought back to life. And then in this, he does it sort of over the course of two books. Yeah. Well, he's all the Duncan Idaho's ever all at once. Which is just so bizarre. And now he's an adult and he what was it who who is his I can't remember her name, the honored matre that they're converting into a Benny Jesuit. Mabella. Mabella. Oh yeah. I hate Mabella. Mabella's might be worse than O'Drade in the nonsense department. Yeah. And so she she's now a Benny Jesuit in this. She actually becomes a reverend mother. That's a that's a plot point near the yeah. end. Um, which is Odrade's big plan, which doesn't make really any sense. Which makes me wonder how Dune 7 would have turned out. So wait, refresh my memory because it's been like over a year since I last read this book. But Odrade wanted to basically combine the Honored Matres and the Bene Gesserit into, into one. He wanted to recombine them into one entity yep. because the Honored Matres were the Bene Gesserit that had left thousands of years ago to go out into the galaxy. And then they come back and they're different. Possibly. They're possibly 
that. They're not Possibly sure that. if they're right. rever- they're um, Benny Jesuit because none of the Benny Jesuit came back from the scattering. That's right. Yeah. So, but so her plan is to unite them into one faction, mm-hmm. which is a horrible idea. That's terrible. Yeah. But Odraid's never done the smart thing in these the two books she's in. I mean, she made that awful deal on Rackus with the the priests. Well, no, she did that with uh, Sightail. The yeah. whole reason Sightail's even still alive is because of Odraid and making these deals with the the Twi'laksu, which have fallen through. I don't think there are any Twi'laksu left. I think Sightail's the last one. Yeah. That, that we know of, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Sightail's whole plot. Sightail's barely in this, but when he is, he's just upset constantly. Yeah. So basically, him, Duncan, Mabella, and... Oh gosh, what's her face? The the other Atreides that can control the sandworms. Shiana. 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 They're trapped on the node ship for most of this book. Like they're yeah. imprisoned there until until the 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 worms, the sandworms, start coming. Because the another plot point is that they're converting Chapter House into a desert for sandworms so they can make spice again because right spoilers the heretics but uh it got carp uh rackus also known as arrakis also known as dune got carpet bombed and completely like obliterated at the end of heretics and they took the last sandworm off planet to chapter house to try to make more sandworms Kind of cheapens the shock value of destroying Dune, the planet itself, when you know that they're just going to create another Dune. Yeah, and that was the problem with Heretics. Like that's that's the whole end problem because you know in Heretics that they're going to just recreate the desert. Yeah. And so it's like, what what does it matter that you destroyed Dune mm-hmm. at this point? The thing is these. If we had gotten all the whole trilogy, I think these books would have been better. But I, I quite honestly, after reading Chapter House, I'm not sure. I just don't. Yeah, I, I don't know where where does he go from here. I mean, we, we can probably talk about that a bit later. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. But <laughs> well, we we do have a vision of what happens. It's just he didn't do it, right? And it's not quite what he was going for, but he. Based on some of the stuff I've read and based on this book, some of it was his idea in the nonsense department. Yeah. As Noah Noah would, would think. Mm. There's there's some dumb things that are starting to get set up in this. Well, we can talk about Sightail, right? And what he has set up. Oh yeah. He has the DNA of Paul and Cheney and a whole bunch of other people yeah that he can potentially make goas and it's like his ultimate like trap card i guess <laughs> like it's the only thing like if he's desperate like he he has all these these options yeah but, they call it a null entropy capsule and he has yeah like you said the dna of all these other characters that we would have seen in the first couple dune books mm-hmm 
then we got the the weird farming people that Duncan's just having random visions of. That's the biggest thing. That that's some nonsense that I don't get why that's happening. Right. I think there are options like what this was because I looking back back at these two books, I do get the feeling this is building up to a big finale in like a third book. Mm-hmm. Because the yeah. heretics is setting up the factions. Mm-hmm. You know? Now we have like the honored mattress and whatever the other ones are called, the Bene Gesserit. Yeah. And then this book is them actually like fighting mm-hmm. essentially and at the end like merging together to fight the I guess unknown enemy. That's right. Whatever they were fleeing. The yeah. Vong. The Vong. The Vong. Yeah. The Yusin Vong. <laughs> the <use and> Vong. <laughs> this is where they went before uh, going back to the Star Wars. Fun you know, fact, like, that is established in Supernatural Encounters. That's, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one of the things that really interested me about this book that uh, I wish we had gotten more of, and it certainly would have been the plot of book three, uh, is what were the Honored Matres running away from? Because they're at the top of their game, right? They come into the galaxy and they are basically conquering the old Atreides Empire, left, right, and center. Uh, Wasn't wasn't it basically at the end with, what's the name, Smarty and... Daniel. Daniel. Yeah. And they they just seem like an elderly couple. And I think they directly say they are... Golas, what do you call them? Like, they were like these slaves. They were face dancers. Face Face dancers. dancers. Yeah. And that seemed to be like the direction, like... But then we know what Kevin did with them in his sequels. Yeah, so I guess the question is, were they supposed to be like Bene Tleilax that had survived or something like that? Something. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking sure. about like Frank's original vision, not anything mm. that had has been since written. Or were they supposed to be... Because there is, is this entire plot running through these two books with like the face dancers and like... Yeah, my memory is a bit fuzzy, but there was the plot about the one who was like convinced he was like an actual person that he was like impersonating. He became that person. Yeah, because they they perfected the face dancers so well that they could go undercover and then they wouldn't know who they originally were, like sleeper agents. Mm -hmm. Yes, that that's not even in chapter house. That's in heretics. That's only heretics. Okay, that's in heretics. But there there are no face dancers until those two. In Chapter House, that there there are no face dancers left that we know of. Duncan Idaho is the only one who can see them. I think is that yes. that's what's been established. Like he can see he, through the net, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they were going to try to ensnare him and everyone. That's right. Uh, that's talked about in the last chapter. <laughs> the last three chapters of this book are just wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hard shift. It's like it's like was he was he racing against time just to get it out the door because it just feels like a lot of that stuff really needed to simmer. I think he was dying and I think he knew he was dying. Yeah. Yeah, that's a theory with the ending with like the Marty and Daniel character just being like inserts for himself and his wife and like the characters have escaped their plans. Hey, that's I really like that theory. That's a good theory. Uh-huh. 
-hmm. that actually gives some closure, unintended closure to the series. Because there's one thing I've seen a theory, and obviously it's not true, that they're aliens. Mm. It's like what Dune establishes very early on, and and there's just no hint of aliens at all. Well, that's the thing with the the cat people. They aren't human. Like at all. Oh, they're not at all. The, no, the, the futars. No, that's that's like the big reveal with um. Oh. Well, the the futars aren't human. They're not human. They have human DNA in them. Okay. Yes. But they aren't humans anymore. That's right. Yeah. They're they they're some genetic monstrosity that rivals the chair dog. The most horrific thing I have ever seen. I've read so much horror, but looking at a chair dog, it makes me so uncomfortable. I don't want to sit on it. A sentient creature that's sole purpose is to is to be a chair. That's horrific. I'm sorry. I have to get on my soapbox about you know with live and let's discuss. I complain about the weaponry. In this this podcast I complain complain about chair dogs. They're horrific. Right. They're the most uncomfy thing I've ever seen in my life. Chair dogs. Chair dogs. You look up what a chair dog looks like. It's uncomfortable. I, I was so uncomfortable, I had to send it to Noah. And then when Noah didn't give me the reaction I wanted, I sent it to Adam. <laughs> Read five reviews, and he was not happy about it. What's interesting to me is I just really quickly image searched for images of Futar. Uh, just make sure you put Dune in the search results. Huh. Yes. Um, and uh, I... Uh, it doesn't seem to be a ton of art, but like you look at like type in like God Emperor of Dune, and there's just tons of art of Leto the Second. Because you, you you can tell what the fans actually care about. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what I was getting at. Oh yeah, these last two books, they're just so weird. And the thing is, he was writing more of these because if you look at the publication order, yeah, the first two books came out in the '60s, but they were five years apart, at least. Then, then Children of Dune is the only book that came out in the 70s, Dune-related. Yeah. Then we had God Emperor, and then it was a couple years after that, because the Dune movie happened. And then he was like, okay, I gotta get a bunch of these out. I'm not gonna live much longer, or whatever. I guess my question is, did we need books 5 and 6? Because God Emperor, could, could we no. just have ended the series with God Emperor? And yes, that would have been like a, a perfect quartet. Yes, you could have. And that was the thing with all these Dune books up until we got to Heretics was they could have been the end. That's true. Every single one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't intend to do sequels. He didn't intend to do a sequel to um, Dune. And then he did, well, if I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do a cautionary tale about Paul and Paul's fall. And it's Dune Messiah. And everyone hated it. That's the funny thing is that everyone hated Dune Messiah when it came out. Because it wasn't Dune. Deconstructed the hero. (laughs) Yeah, in like half the... in like a third of the page count. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Then he let it stew for a really long time, and then Children of Dune comes out. That one, yeah, you could hope for a sequel with that, but if it didn't, then it didn't. Blado's good becomes full takes full control of the empire as a nine-year-old who's also becoming a sandworm 
Yeah. I guess what I really appreciated about the last two heretics and uh, got uh, sorry heretics and chapter houses, there were some pretty hard sci-fi concepts in there that I haven't really seen expressed in other books. Maybe because I don't read enough sci-fi, but uh, they were like you said, they're just wild. These books, they're like a uh-huh. fever. They're almost like a fever dream. And and just to see some of the things that he introduced into the world uh, were really interesting to me. I thought, you know, like these are really interesting ideas. It's just, I just felt like he lacked the focus that he had in those, in those first four books. And he, that, and they, they, these books become rapidly more sexual as they go. That's right. That's the weird part. That's the, oh God, sexual with, with underage people. Yeah. There's that. I mean, that, like there were, that was, yeah. I was, Matt Wilkins said, hey, if you're going to get into this, you need to be warned that this, there's some weird perv scenes. Because we got, Noah and I, when we were reading Dune Messiah, there's the scene where Paul's sister is doing the exercises naked, and then Paul just, like, looks at her for a while. That's right. It's just weird and feels really out of place. And Matt's like, well, if you, Matt Wilkins is like, well, if you don't like that... <laughs> To just wait till heretics <laughs> chapter house. There's some really weird things that. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like they had always kind of implied like the Bene Gesserit kind of weaponized sex. Right. And that's been mm-hmm. the, the case from the first book. Yeah. But then every, every book, except for maybe God Emperor gets exceedingly per- more perverted. Uh-huh. <laughs> God Emperor is just like a nice love story. Well, God Emperor. He, uh, Leto's beyond that. Yeah, that's right. And they actually, he talks about, there is a, a little section during the be, near the beginning that if Leto wanted to, he could be part of any Greek orgy thing that he wanted to. Right. In, in other memory. Because right. he has other memory, but he's, he's beyond that. He's 3,000 years old. <laughs> right, which actually allows, like, an interesting relationship to develop between him and Hui Nuri, right? Because it's not mm-hmm. based off of... Uh... So like lust or anything like that, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, and then in five and six they really kick it into overdrive with the honored matres. And I think it's because solely because his wife died. That's right. And he just, it's just she wasn't there to curb his excesses. Well, she's just lonely. He's just a lonely man with a with a beard. I've been told I look like Frank Herbert. <laughs> Wouldn't want to grow the right beard now. out. Yep. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. It's just all, especially the heretics had the most of it. Chapter House dials it back, but when they put it in there, it's just like, oh, I just think of bringing back Miles Tegg's memories. Right. Which thankfully they they cut that short. But I'm, I don't want to talk about it. Just know when you read this, it's it's the most uncomfy thing. Another question I had when I read this is that if Frank Herbert had done book seven, would he have been able to stop himself from doing more? Let's just say he lives for like another like 15 years. I guess it depends if he just had another idea. Right. Yeah. Because say what you want, he had ideas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That's what I was getting at earlier. Right. Like with the the hard sci-fi stuff, there's some really cool and weird ideas here that I've never really seen expressed elsewhere. And that's why. I still appreciate these books. Like, I, although I rank them the two worst of the Herbert books that I read, it's mm-hmm. like they're still some of like 
the coolest books that I've read in a long time. Oh, I, we we've all read far worse than this. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would say even like a quote unquote bad Frank Herbert like Heretics, I would take over like most other books. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well written. Well written. Yeah, this is better than Chuck Wendig. That's for sure. <laughs> this is this is better than a lot of things I've had to read on the channel before. Mm -hmm. um, even Chapter House, although it's just we hold him to a higher standard. I think it's, it's the ultimate. Yeah. The thing to take away is that this is these last two books are a step down, or maybe a step sideways into just they're different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's certain characters I don't like but I think that's by design what did you guys think about the uh, the, the um, rabbi and the Jewish uh, subplot oh, that confused the hell out of me when it was introduced was... yeah because it doesn't go anywhere in this right that that's the thing. That's the the really irritating thing about Chapter House is there's a lot of things that are set up that don't go anywhere in in the, the book itself, and it's so clear that there was going to be another one. Yeah, and that's why there was probably pressure to write Sandworms of Dune and Hunters of Dune. Yeah, uh, it's just to to wrap things up, which it took them two books. And I know they bring in certain characters that weren't in um, Herbert's initial vision. Right. Can I can I be cynical here and just say it uh, straight up before we even get to the sequels? Mm -hmm. Because they claimed they are based on Frank Herbert's notes. They probably call... are to some degree. Yeah, but for the most part, I call bullshit. Yeah. Um, you know, I was going to say that, but certain things are set up that I know become a thing in the sequel books. Yeah, like we said, especially with like the Gola thing. Yes. Like, Which I but, thought was 100% their idea. Because it's dumb. But yeah. You know that, that line in Jurassic Park where um, Jeff Goldblum's like, just because science said that you could doesn't mean that you should? Yeah. And I, that's what I think about like the, the Dune uh sequels that um brian and, and kevin wrote is i haven't read them yet so i'll reserve judgment fully but it almost feels to me like just because those notes existed doesn't mean that you should provide an ending right like it's like this western mentality that there needs to be a definitive ending for something but I why can't we just yeah and honestly reading this one as like the end and maybe because i'm looking at it with like the metaphorical lens of like the ending being like a metaphor for frank and his wife Mm -hmm, that's right. and like how the characters escaped him as like the storyteller yeah that's like you know what i'm narratively satisfied with this as an ending yeah me too and when especially you... because yeah. this gets ruined by the sequels as we know because yeah. these two characters marty and daniel get retconned hard yes which, which is a retcon it's not that. part of the notes and we will get to it yeah yes um yeah. With that being, I don't think Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert had any intention initially of writing the sequels because they took mm -hmm. so damn long to do it. They, yeah, they sure. did their, yeah. their initial prequels setting up like Atreides and the Harkonnens and stuff. Then they went further back and they wrote about the Balerian 
jihad and all the machine crusade and stuff, yeah. which is very divisive in the fandom because it does change some things that mm-hmm. are kind of talked about in God Emperor. Really? I didn't know that. I thought they were just prequels, like straight up prequels. But you're telling me that they retcon stuff? Oh, you're surprised. But Well, no, I guess kind of. Can, can we establish when when Jeremy says, "Oh, those those Dune prequels and all the stuff written by Kevin and Brian are controversial," what he means is nobody likes them except Matt Wilkins and like five other people. Yeah. Like really, they. I, I think there's more people that like them than that because there was a push by the fans to write sequels. Yeah, I mean, obviously, because it ends kind of openly, and fans want more. It's, it's almost like a like a kid in a candy store, though. It's like they don't know when to stop, right? And it's it's up to someone who has a bit more maturity to be like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta stop before you get sick off of uh, you know eating too much," right? I think the the analogy. I don't know. Again, like I'm talking about stuff that I haven't read, so it's it's a bit ignorant of me to do so. But the ones I am surprised to hear about the retcons because the ones I was looking forward to reading the most, the ones that made the most sense to me to do maybe was those those far-flung prequels the butler and, and they but, have their moments yeah because i've read excerpts of them yeah and it's very enjoyable you're not going to get the frank herbert writing in these sure they're very kevin j anderson which if you're a fan of that like i am i'm for it yeah. no it's not for that yeah because it's <laughs> yeah. like getting chuck wendick to write That's Lord of the Rings books. i disagree with that no present tense there's no present tense, exactly. There's no political agenda. It's just yeah. fun. Although uh, these, the way the the uh, I can't remember what that trilogy is actually called. It has a name, but like the the Balerian Jihad books are really violent. Really, I guess they should. Like, it, it's there has to be a reason as to why um, AI is completely banned in the Dune universe, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I would expect that they would be fairly violent yeah there there's i'll tell you what it's the thing i'm looking forward to the most yeah me too i've heard machine crusade is particularly graphic so i, I i'm very for this this is something different in the it, disgusting department i guess from what i <clears throat> what i do know about these uh prequels and sequels is that i almost feel like part part of the reason why they were written was to set up stuff that uh, um, Brian and Kevin later wanted to use for the Dune sequels, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure. Like, so it's like, oh no, no, like this was always going to be the case, you know? Because look, thousands of years ago, I don't want to get into it too much, but I, I think they're setting up like the ultimate villain all the way back in the past, so that it makes sense later in the future. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't believe that villain was any part of Herbert's notes, if they even exist. Didn't right. they just admit like? When were the sequels written? It was like mid early 2000s, like 2005, 6 ish. They started writing them in 2000, I think. And really? Through, it, was the, it was right no, around because the I, time. No, I mean the prequels. They started in like 99. Yeah, oh, it no. was right around the time they did the Dune miniseries. Yeah, 99 so, was House of Trades. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it started with the prequels, but I mean the sequels. Because I think they claimed, oh, we just found these notes. Like, recently and right i don't know that's and they they won't share them 
ever. Well, the thing is, they got Road to Dune came out right around this time. Mm-hmm. And Road to Dune talks about, that has Frank Herbert material in it, if I'm not mistaken. Like little yeah, short that has, stories and stuff. Yeah, that has something that is amazing, which we have to talk about. It has a the Star Wars style remake of the original Dune novel written by Kevin J. Anderson. Because Kevin asked himself the question because he found the original drafts. He was like, what if Dune was a terrible average 60s sci-fi book instead of a literary masterpiece? So he took it upon himself to write that. Yeah, that's an interesting exercise. Make it pulpy as opposed to, I don't know what, uh, mind expanding and insightful. Mm-hmm. Philosophical. Yeah, either. philosophical. Because that's, that's something with these books that very few sci- science fiction authors do, but they should just get into the philosophy of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, God Emperor, that's nothing but philosophy. That's exactly right, yeah. Even these books, these these lesser books, Heretics and Chapter House, they have their philosophical things. We still have, and this is something I've loved with every single one of these Dune books, is the the philosophical interludes between chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let me ask you about the Golden Path, because that's Leto the second puts humanity on the golden path mm-hmm. back on the golden Paul path. Paul was afraid too. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's barely mentioned in book books five and six. Like, are we just to assume that they're on the golden path? Oh yeah, they humanity? are. Okay. Yeah. But, the but gold, I, they I talk think... about in chapter house that the golden path doesn't have anyone to govern it. And that's what the Benny Jesuit are right. supposed to do. That's that's what. Uh, oh God, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the the new Reverend Mother, um, Marbella. Marbella comes yeah. to the conclusion of, and that's why Marbella does what Marbella does, which I think is a horrible, horrible idea. But it it, it almost like sets up at the end that Sh- uh, Shiana is gonna rebel against Marbella. There's gonna be like that tension between the two groups. Well, because they're, yes. they're, yeah. Well, that was set up in the beginning. That's set up from the get-go that she's right. Shiana's. They got her too old. Yeah. Be a Benny Jesuit. They yeah. got to her way too late, so she's not easily manipulated like the other ones are. Um, and she's got this rebellious tendency, and so she and Duncan, we find out at the end they've been plotting to escape. The entire time, yeah. The entire time, and to take sandworms with them. That's yeah. that's that's like the the big bad thing that they they did is they snagged some of the sandworms, which they do, away. right? Like they uh-huh. escape and with no with Sightail and I think Teg. Yes, yeah. and and the Jewish people and the Jewish people, yeah, and the Futars, but that was an accident. <laughs> they just didn't want to do anything, so. They have a bunch of futars in cages for for no reason. Futar sounds like a Masters of the Universe enemy. Like, oh look, there's beast. They, they do. They look futar. like. Yeah. Yeah, they look like something that uh, he a uh, he man would fight. Right. Bunch of futar in the face. They're just <laughs> weird. They're weird, and the Onomatres are banging them. That's another thing in this. Yeah. 
the, the Spider Queen, as they call her. We haven't even talked about her, the the, the main honored Matre. You're talking about um, not Logno, the one before her, right? Mm-hmm. No. Da- Dama. 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 Yeah. Dama is just a crazy person. Yeah. I enjoyed her. I did too. She was so vindictive and awful and dumb. That's the thing. They were overconfident and just dumb. Mm-hmm. And she gets killed in a, a pretty funny way. Yeah. Yeah, but I, what, I, what I gotta say about this one, I enjoyed that early on some characters from Heretics got just offed. Yes. Because that was one of our problems with Heretics. It's just way too many characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one dials it back. Well, nice. they do. They don't do it in the best way, except for Lucilla. That, uh, yeah, the, she her her end is pretty horrific, mm-hmm. uh, and we see that. But a lot of like the Bashers people, Miles Tegg's people, are yeah. killed off screen. Yeah, it's an interesting narrative device because it's like, oh, we're not going to get rid of this character like Lucilla. We're just going to combine her with Rebecca, the Jewish. Uh, reverend mother in the wild essentially yeah which yeah. they haven't had one of the i didn't realize this i've forgotten that the fremen did that yeah because it's been so long since there even have been fremen yeah that's the whole thing these books they just they take they how many year, thousands of years are we into the future from dune like five thousand four five thousand years now i think from Dune to God Emperor is around 4,000, if I remember it's correctly. It's three yeah. and a half thousand. It's yeah. like 2,500 years. And then it's like an additional 1,500 years to yeah. heretics. Yeah. Because the scatterings happened, which I'm waiting for when Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert decide to write a scattering book. Yeah. What happened to them when they went to, you know, when they. Well, they're not going to do that because they're only doing stuff that ties into the Dune, first Dune book. Right. Because that's what they're making a movie on. Honestly, but, once they run out of ideas, they're going to do it. I mean, I, the last I, one. 2023 released Princess of Dune. Which was a failed... I, I talked to Matt Wilkins about this when this came out. Because there was a in-between Dune trilogy, which was Paula Dune, Winds of Dune, and they canceled the third one. I'm almost certain Princess of Dune is the yeah. third one of those. Yeah, right. I mean, it's confirmed it was supposed to be about uh, Princess Irulan, that character. Uh-huh. And now they did it, like... It's Irulan and Chaney, which... Because I guess we gotta put Chaney in there. Because Irulan, Irulan's interesting, because you don't get enough Irulan. That was, that was my... Yeah. If I have a complaint about the first Dune trilogy, we don't get enough Irulan. I mean, hell, she she's just writing philosophy in the first book she doesn't really even speak in it yeah uh and then the second book she's an in, kind of an antagonist and then three and, and children of dune you just feel bad for her it's like oh god i have to i have to deal with paul's crazy sister who's an abomination who's just <laughs> alia alia who's also the uh the harkonnen that's right. I forgot about that plot point. Well, that's like the coolest thing in Children of Dune when uh, yeah, Jessica yeah. finds out and yeah. 
Leah tries to have her murdered in front of everyone because she's just that crazy. Yeah. It's almost, uh, it's very Roman, felt very Caesar esque. For sure. It's also the last time the Fremen really do anything. In children? Yeah. 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 I I was thinking because I was looking at all these these Dune books, just the list of them that have been written. It reminds me of like Star Wars because like there's just so much material that's written around the original trilogy. And it seems here, like in the Dune universe, there's just so much material written around. That's what you sell. I guess so. And that's something that is quite honestly disgusting. I never want to hear, oh, Dune, this reminds me of Star Wars. That, yeah. Because the first one is like a legit literary masterpiece. Yeah, I just. Test of time. And now it's just a franchise. Yeah. That's I, I mean to say, like the way that they decided to construct their quote unquote expanded universes reminds mm-hmm. me of the way that Star Wars really, fo- even oh, even in the new Kev- canon. Like Kevin left canon. Star Wars. Yeah, to write to Dune. Write Dune novels. You were gonna say something else. You were yes, gonna say to I write. Was... Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm. I tell you what, I do miss Kevin J. Anderson writing Star Wars. I mean, he's probably he's a better fit for Star Wars than Dune. Well, yeah. the Greek Saga of the Seven Sons, that's his rejected Star Wars idea for New Jedi Order. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Star Wars is always kind of rooted in those in those pulp stories of the past, right? Whereas Dune, I mean, like, he came out of the gate swinging. That first book is taught in schools, because that's how good it is. Yeah. Well, it's so weirdly written. Yeah. But it's considered, like, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people... The, the science fiction equivalent of what Lord of the Rings is to fantasy in the sense that it really yeah. sets the tone for the genre and everything yeah. kind of flows from it. Yeah, so. it, it changed things that the, the Asimov standard, which I yes. do love Isaac Asimov's work. Yeah. Um, but Dune is just so, there's so much. Yeah. And what's fascinating about it, like, unlike maybe Lord of the Rings, where it can feel like antiquated. Yeah, in the, you in the hate Lord of the Rings. I Let's know. I'm trying that to out there. Yeah, he, no he, has he's, the he's being he's being a, a magnanimous about it right now. Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. say, okay, Lord of the Rings can feel antiquated. The first Dune book, or like, especially the first. I've seen people who had no idea, like when this was published, think like, "Oh, this must have been like within the last ten years." Yeah. Yeah. The language isn't isn't too antiquated. It's, and the uh, ideas and everything and the philosophy in it, it's yeah, still works. Because it's like, very sixties, but it's also yeah. very now. Yeah, the political concepts that he that he deals with are timeless, right? It's like uh-huh. tyranny versus liberty, and you know, like um, capitalism. Oh, maybe not like that specific, but like you know, rich versus poor, like that kind of stuff, right? There's a lot of themes baked into these into these books that are. That are timeless and not necessarily tied down to what is currently happening in the world or what happened in the 60s. So that's not cool. Star Trek Picard. Well, yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was like an episode of Star Trek Picard in the second season, not to veer too, but like they're dealing with like ICE and migrants and yeah, and uh, Brexit. That was what, Bre- yeah, what Patrick Stewart wanted it to be about was Brexit. <laughs> But you can it's extrapolate. Like, uh, it's like uh, we were talking. We we record another podcast called Live and Let's Discuss. Where yeah. We talk about Bond stuff. And we were talking about Tomorrow Never Dies. Now the original idea was about the British handing over Hong Kong, right? Which they didn't do in that movie because they would date it immediately. 
Right. Just like some people are just dumb. They just don't get how how longevity works. Yeah. I mean, you can extrapolate these concepts and like distill them down to their origin, which is basically like a displaced people are getting abused by a by a big government, right? Like like that's really the idea behind it, but they want to focus in on like a specific point in time. I think that's that's what Frank Herbert was really good at was was talking about these lofty ideas in a way that people understood. Mm-hmm. Oh, this reminds me because one of his big things was like, don't trust charismatic leaders. Right. Yes, that that be always like. And the... I was looking this up actually earlier today, or maybe it was like last night. Uh, I was watching like one or two Frank Herbert interviews. Comment section when he said that, like, you know, don't trust like political fig- figures or like the charismatic leaders. Guess who was mentioned first in the comments? Trump. Oh my gosh, he foresaw Trump, yeah. Donald Trump. Well, yeah, we we can't say that because Stephen King claims that he foresaw Donald Trump when mm. he wrote The Dead Zone. Yeah, I you know I hear stuff like that, but then you you like there there's been charismatic leaders like Pericles in in ancient Greece was like a popular but there's a famous one from my country. Right. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like it, it, it's throughout history. It's not necessarily like oh, he foresaw Donald Trump because you could easily say like oh, he's talking about Adolf Hitler. You know what I mean? It, like it repeats itself through time, and so it's mm-hmm. like no, it's like the idea is what he's focused on, not any specific person. And maybe he was thinking about us, but maybe he was thinking about Richard Nixon. I don't know. Like when when he wrote, you know, but it, it's just like it, I don't know. I, I think when you start bringing in specific time, yeah, and that, that, into things, yeah, just and he he was. As far as I know, he's never pinpointed said, oh, this is based on that. Like, you know, the infamous one, in my opinion, is when George Lucas in the 2010s decided that he, he that Star Wars was an allegory for the Vietnam War. Yeah. And that the prequels were an allegory for the George W. Bush administration. That's yeah, so I still, dumb. I still don't get that one. But yeah, continue. Well, we... That's that. That's a. We can discuss that off air. <laughs> yeah. that, that's going way into the weeds, and I don't want to do that because this yeah, podcast yeah. is going pretty long here. But yeah, overall thoughts on the Frank Herbert Dune saga as a whole. These six uh, books. Yeah. I loved it. Loved it. Noah, yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Read them all. Definitely mm-hmm. the first one. But mm-hmm. if you liked it and you want more, read them all. The first and God Emperor are the best, in my yeah. opinion. And uh, I, I want to throw in here, because Dune Messiah rubbed me the wrong way initially. In hindsight, yeah. it, it had to be the way it had to be. Yeah. yeah. And don't get discouraged with that one. Trust me, you, you'll get something out of Children of Dune. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are there are natural stopping off points, and I think you could stop after like well, like you said, really after and really any of the first four books, you could stop. Mm-hmm. I would say even after the sixth one here with chapter house, you can yeah. stop if you think. Like I said, maybe it's just because I was thinking of like this metaphor of like Frank and his wife, but yeah. it works. <laughs> yeah, it does work. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Noah has an announcement. Out. Okay, you really I'm want throwing me to you on the spot here. Okay, so as you know, this is it with Frank Herbert's work in Dune because he died, and then Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert took over and they wrote like twenty books, or probably more at this point. And counting, 
and County and Comics, which I saw oh. recently. Uh, here's the thing. I don't like Kevin J. Anderson as a writer. So we came to the conclusion, to be fair to the books, Jeremy and Marcella are going to go through the prequels. Mm -hmm. They're actually looking forward to that, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to drop out, save my sanity, and read some good books. <laughs> yeah. But you're, then I'm. You're come, yeah. Yeah. And, but then I'm going to come back for The Road to Dune and the mm -hmm. two Dune sequels. Yeah. Because I'm yes. interested in that and I already own it, so I'm going to check those out. And All it's right. going to be an interesting discussion because you will have knowledge of the prequels, which are tied in with the sequels, and I yeah. will only have knowledge of the sequels. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, have a good one, everyone. Remember, walk without rhythm, or you might attract the worm. <laughs>